calling all coffee lovers. Every wellpreneur, mom, college student, employee, business owner knows the importance of starting your day off right. But how would it be to add some mushrooms to that coffee? Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee, that is, with its rich, smooth flavor and ground lion's mane mushroom, which has been shown to boost cognition and reduce inflammation, it is my go-to cup of coffee for starting my day off right. Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom is the perfect pairing of health and caffeine. Mushroom in your coffee? I'll take it for the added benefits of mental clarity and the smooth, delicious flavor. Try it for yourself. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BEWELL at us.foursigmatic.com. Living, learning, and loving are all experiences that affect each one of us at one time or another. The three L's hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, is here to help you navigate life in a down-to-earth and realistic way, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live, learn, and love to the fullest. And welcome back to the three L's, everyone. I'm so glad that you're here. And today I have the lovely and talented Kelly King with us. Kelly King is the owner of Real Eatable Wellness and showcases how relatable wellness actually is. Kelly is an integrative health coach, and her basic philosophy is that health and wellness should be realistic. Kelly's goal with every client that she works with is to guide her clients towards health goals, not to push or scare anyone into a certain diet or mindset. Kelly does a great job of breaking down everyone's goals through a whole food nutrition and outside factors like relationships, work, and home. She is truly all about balance and enjoying daily life. And I couldn't be more happy to have Kelly on the show today. So welcome. Glad that you're here. Hello. Thank you so much for that introduction. (laughs) I don't think I could have introduced myself that well. So thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here and chat all about health and wellness. I love it. I love it so much. So Kelly, okay, give us a little bit of background about what kind of propelled you to go into the wellness field. Yeah. So it's something I've been interested in for, I, I would say at least five years, which saying that out loud doesn't sound like a long time, but I am 25 If no, for those unfamiliar with me. So something I had been interested in in the middle of college, and I would find myself at night Googling all sorts of holistic remedies for things, you know, how to use tea tree to get rid of this. And just, I found it so interesting and was always giving my friends tips and, oh, well, if this is wrong with you right now, how about we try this? And eventually I thought, I love this and I'm so passionate about it. And why don't I do this as my job or at least on the side and then it can be my job. So that's kind of what sparked my interest, I guess, is just general curiosity and testing things on myself. I think it's so fascinating. I mean, so Kelly, did you, you know, go into college wanting to get your education in wellness or did you deviate from the path? How did that look for you? So I actually, I went into college as an accounting major. Wow. (laughs) That was a quick switch. And I ended up graduating, not 
or I, I was gonna say not too far removed, but it is. I graduated with a degree in public relations and got a job in at an agency and you know, was doing PR for hospitality and then eventually big tech companies. And it just great. I love, you know, I loved my company, but I was always so jealous of the people who worked on the healthcare accounts. Mm. Thought, oh, you know, they just, the way our company worked is when they're hiring, whatever teams open, you get placed. And I thought, oh, you know, why didn't I just get placed on that? And then I realized, you know, I don't, it's not PR healthcare that I want to be doing. I want to get into the actual field. So I signed up with IIN, which is a health coaching program and ended up getting my health coaching certification through them, which was amazing. And I learned so much. And I actually am not sure if I even mentioned to the, you mentioned this to you because it's a newer development, but the science side of it interests me so much that I enrolled at Northeastern University in Boston um, for Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. So that's a new, very new development. So I don't have much to report on that, but just um, for the education side, I wanted to get another, you know, more to it with the health and wellness. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that this is just like a great reminder for everyone listening that just because you go into a certain field, you are always allowed to pivot and follow your passion. And Kelly, I love that you live that and you're so transparent about it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I have to say, yes, you are. If you were in college listening to this, do not stress. If you are in the wrong major, it is okay. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Everything is changeable for sure. So Kelly, tell me a little bit about real eatable wellness and what your philosophy is around, you know, creating a healthy relationship with food. Of course. So my whole philosophy I get to say is what you put in your body, you know, what you nourish your body with, it can help you be well. And that can be physically well, mentally well, socially well, you know, every facet of your life. And it so much about, it's so much about what you put in your body, but I want it to be realistic and relatable. And that's kind of like the real eatable wellness. It's a, you know, a play on words, I guess, because of the food aspect, but I don't want to stress anybody out when I'm meeting with them as a client and say, you need to do this diet, we're gonna cut this out and cut this out and add this. No, I want it to be approachable. You don't wanna be overwhelmed, especially when it's your body and it's your health that you're dealing with. So that's kind of my whole approach with that. I I think that that's so fantastic. And I'm one too, where I'm a huge advocate in that that what we put in our bodies directly impacts how we feel. Absolutely. So just to hear that you share that same philosophy, that's great. Now, when it comes to, now this question just kind of came to me, so I don't want to throw you too much of a curveball, but with the onset and the approach of even the holidays coming up, because Mm -hmm. I know that's when the cookies and the cakes and even sliding into the winter season, you know, that's where carbs start to come into play. We want our comfort foods. Mm -hmm. When you're encouraging your clients to create kind of a healthy dynamic, um, what's, what's your take on when you're surrounded by foods that you're trying maybe not to eat or how do you feel about all of that? Of course. So before I even answer that question, I want to talk about two things. So there's something called that I learned in practice is your primary foods and secondary foods. Secondary foods are actual food, the food you eat. Primary foods are 
your relationships, your social engagements and things like that. So especially with something like the holidays and both, and both are important. Both should not um, be held as, to a greater importance as the other one. So with something like the holidays coming up and winter, you know, carbs, comfort food, you want to cuddle up with, you know, a big bowl of pasta. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> so, um, with the holidays coming up, if I was speaking to a client right now, I would say, first of all, do not limit yourself. Try not to stress out. It's easier said than done, of course, but say you have a holiday party tonight. A lot of people ha would kind of restrict all day, maybe even not eat until they go to the holiday party or something like that. I would say instead of doing, instead of doing that, because I, and I definitely don't support you starving yourself until you go to a holiday party. In the morning, let's have a smoothie. And then for lunch, let's have a salad rich with vegetables and protein and fiber and good fats so that when it comes to the nighttime, you can indulge. You can have the sweets. You can have the delicious food because you've already, it's almost like the crowding out philosophy where you're going to front load your day with good foods you're going to get your greens in, you're going to get a good amount of protein so that your body is already nourished going into an event like that. And then there's the whole stress side of it, of course, where people are thinking, well, this can't be, you know, every night I have an engagement and this year might be different with COVID and everything, but I think about work holiday parties and, you know, you're, go you're, go you're constantly getting cookies and get people are giving you gifts, enjoy them it's not permanent. It's one season of your life and enjoy it. And if you're at a place and maybe you're working with some, a professional to do so, you can enjoy that. And you can have the delicious looking holiday cookie and it won't stress you out because you've already spent your day eating all these nourishing foods. Well said. And especially I had never heard of the primary and secondary way of explaining food and the, you know, way that it comes into your life. So I think that that is just broken down so nicely. Now, when it comes to the whole restriction, you know, and practicing that restrictive eating or even, you know, sliding into the emotional side of using food, what are your thoughts? Do you do work around intuitive eating or being mindful of what you're putting in your body? Absolutely. So intuitive eating and mindfulness are major practices. In terms of mindfulness, it can be, what are you doing while you eat dinner? Are you running around? Are you sitting down? Are you watching TV, texting, all these things while you're eating? Or are you taking the time to eat the meal? And this is going to sound crazy, but actually watch the fork, touch the food and like watch yourself eat. So many of us eat in a rush and we don't even see what we're putting into our bodies. Or are you eating in the car? And of course, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. You have to get, maybe you are a parent and you have to get a child to practice or, you know, you have all these crazy things going on, but really sitting with your food and enjoying it and taking the time to say, oh, this is nourishing me. Okay. My plate right now has protein. Oh, that's awesome. Protein is going to keep me full and it's going to keep me energized. And that now I'm eating fats and fats are going to balance my hormones and they're also going to keep me full. So it's almost like giving your plate a pep talk, being your plate's hype man. 
You got it. I think that that's perfect. And, you know, it's funny. I think somebody who wasn't in, you know, mental health field may hear, you know, watch your fork touch your plate and think, what? But for me, that is the definition of being mindful. That's literally keeping your brain attuned to what is going on Mm -hmm. in the present moment and everything that you just touched on. I mean, it's so key just for being mindful, not scarfing down. Let's say you're craving you know, a blizzard from Dairy Queen. And instead of driving home, shoveling the ice cream in your mouth, it's no, let me pull over, take 15 minutes to really just enjoy the food, see how it feels. So I love it. I love the concept of intuitive eating. I'm glad that you're a proponent of that. Now I did just hear you say the word hormone. And (laughs) that immediately like triggered my thinking because I know hormones definitely can play a role in our moods and things like that. So when it comes to hormone health and diet or what you're putting in your body, what, what have you kind of, um, learned or taken away from hormone health with food? So hormone health is, well, first of all, it's so important. It's important for men and women, of course, but for women, it is it can affect our bodies so tremendously to making us so exhausted or it can even cause um, bouts of depression during the month. So it's all about getting them in balance. And a big proportion of that is what you're putting into your body and what you're doing with your body. So in terms of good foods to maybe help you balance hormones, we need to always make sure you're getting adequate protein, adequate fats, you know, sounds so simple, but it's just, a lot of women under eat um, their protein. So, you know, you're supposed to be hitting a X amount of grams depending on your weight. And a lot of us are below. I mean, mm. I did an experiment once with myself where I actually tracked it and I thought, I thought I, you know, I'm eating chicken and then this, like, how am I not meeting it? But so it typically is lower. And then there's, so Alyssa Vitti or Vitti, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but she wrote this amazing book called Woman Code. And I'm, I apologize if I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. <laughs> But it's an amazing book. It's called Woman Code, and it's all about balancing your hormones. And I read that, and I took so much from it. I, you know, mm. I learned about this school, but this, I highly recommend it to any listener. And a huge principle is, and I've now taken that reading and paired it with my teachings, is during the month. So for this is, I'm sorry if there's any men listening to this, but this is going to be more for women this part. So during the month, during your cycle, every week is completely different. There's different phases. There's like the luteal phase and et cetera. So say it's the first week, it's the week after your cycle, your menstrual cycle, you're supposed to be eating a certain way to best balance your body and get the most energy out of yourself. So lighter foods, salads, and you might notice that you actually crave foods like that. But then the week of your menstrual cycle, maybe you're craving those comfort foods and it actually is giving your body. You actually should be giving your body those. It's what it wants. It wants the carbs. It wants the, um, the soups, you know, those typical comfort foods. But then in my practice, I say, that's totally great. You know, you should have all those carbs. Absolutely. But let's look at them. Are they refined carbs? So that means instead of having a big bowl of like super processed pasta, let's get a really good quality pasta. Let's get maybe one made out of chickpeas or let's get a, like a, you know, 
you want to really do like a homemade pasta, go for it. (laughs) So getting quality carbs, um, whole grains, unrefined carbs during a time like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So basically using food to your advantage, really getting to know your body, especially for women. What is my menstrual cycle? What can I be nourishing my body with, um, during that time for optimal energy? I love it. I think that's super valuable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I love one of your strategies that you discuss and it's essentially, you know, change one thing. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about the power of changing one thing, what that looks like, all that good stuff? Absolutely. So that can mean change. It totally depends on who I'm working with, but that can mean change one part of your diet or change one part of your life. So let's, let's move away from diet for a second. Let's talk yeah. about maybe a life part. So say you're somebody who you lay in bed at night and you just ruminate over the next day. Oh, I have this to do. I have this to do. Okay. Instead of getting in bed with that whole list in your mind and letting it just, it, you know, cause you sleep issues, cause you anxiety, what have you before bed, sit down with yourself for five to 10 minutes and make a list, get it all out of your mind, write down even the littlest things. It could be something like shower before we <laughs> shower before I record my podcast, like literally the smallest things to the biggest things of mail that check or, you know, don't forget to pick so-and-so up from the airport mm-hmm. and just write them down, get them on paper and then put that paper away. I don't want you to see it when you're sleeping. So write it down in your kitchen. Or if you are in a smaller space and your bed is where you can see everything in your notebook, shut that notebook and put it away, put it in a drawer. That is almost like a it's a way to physically do a mind dump and just put it away. And that could be one thing you change. And now you're not laying in bed. You, you know, you've got those thoughts out and now you're not laying in bed saying, well, I can't forget this. I can't forget this. Make sure I write that down, you know? So that could be one thing. Um, and then there's so many things with a diet we can change. I was just working with a client and I said, you know, eventually I want to do, I want to change a hand things, but that can be overwhelming. And that's how, that's how changes aren't made. So why don't for this week alone, we cut out refined carbs like I was just talking about. So we cut out white bread and instead we'll get a whole grain bread or something like that. So beautiful. And I love the concept of taking it one step at a time. And of course, like the listeners can't see, but like the whole time that Kelly's talking, I'm like giving her the thumbs up and shaking my head. Cause this is, you are definitely a girl after my own heart because I am the ultimate list maker. I have converted my husband. He is now the ultimate list maker. We both practice the brain dumping. I, I, you know, always advocate that my clients make lists and just get it out of your brain. Um, but then even when you say, I hear this a lot and because we're talking about food and what we're putting in our bodies, I think sometimes people get so overwhelmed because maybe they have this huge overarching goal. I want to lose 50 pounds, you know, and it's, it's overwhelming. So can you even speak a little bit more just in terms of deciding what to pick when somebody wants to change their diet or make healthier choices with exercise, whatever the case could be? Can you just talk more on how to go about doing that? 
Absolutely. So it is that change one thing, set small goal, set small goals, excuse me. With clients, I never have them throw anything away. I'm not, I would never say go into your pantry and, and throw it all out. First of all, that is, so, that I, you know, I don't want you to waste your money. I don't want you to do anything like that. So it's something like, I know myself when I used to go on something like Pinterest and I would research different diets and there's this huge list of, this is going to be your breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven days a week. And here's your gigantic grocery list. And here's all the things on your no list. And then you're going to pair it with these workouts and you're looking at it thinking, oh my God, like how on earth am I going to accomplish this? And then you shut it, you shut the computer, you exit out, you shut the book and you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. And you never do it. So <laughs> what mm -hmm. I say is to kind of get over the hump of being overwhelmed is to, you know, focus on the small changes. So a big, especially if you're trying to lose weight. So if you're trying to lose weight, we have to balance your protein intake, your fat intake, your fiber intake, your greens intake, and we have to lower that refined sugar and refined carbs. And refined sugar is things like white sugar. It's not fruit. Um, just, you know, just mm -hmm. to throw fruit thing out there because fruit and sugar get a little bit, gets a bad rap sometimes, but it would be something like maybe you use a marinara sauce. We're going to switch your marinara sauce or using one that has hidden sugars and other hidden fillers and preservatives. Okay. So we're going to switch to this brand. And then that's, that's not saying we're taking it away from you. You know, you can't use marinara sauce anymore. No, we're going to get you one that's sugar free and it's really just made out of tomatoes and all these beautiful spices. Um, Rayo's is a great one if anybody's listening. Um, and then aside from that, you know, aside from the diet, maybe you go for a walk, you do a 10 minute walk that day, or we'll find a workout that you really like. Is there something you really enjoy doing? Like, you know, you don't have to be a runner. You don't have to be doing these crazy hit workouts and strength workouts. We can start with doing something like Pilates, super slow on the body. It's low impact, but it's a killer. It's a real killer workout. Definitely. And I think that that's so good because, I mean, especially for the, the clientele who I specialize in, they're high achievers, type A, perfectionistic personality. And I hear a lot of black and white, all or nothing. Okay. I had, you know, two donuts for breakfast. Now the whole day is, is screwed. So I'm not yep. even going to work out. And mm -hmm. I like what you said about just really identifying, okay, do I want to try to do a 10 minute walk and just physically move? And we both know that can be done whether you do decide to indulge and enjoy a donut or not. So <laughs> incorporating yeah. that. And it could even be, you know, not even a walk. It could be Yes, you went and got those donuts in the morning, but what about you cook a beautiful dinner with your family or your friends or for yourself, you know, treat yourself that night and you make this homemade and it can be anything. It doesn't have to be something super healthy, but something homemade, something exciting to you that you've been wanting to make. And maybe like I'm saying, it isn't even going for a walk. Maybe instead you're like, well, I don't want to actually get out and feel like I'm exercising. So what if you, what if you put the laundry away, do a little project in your house, just, just move. You know, move your body in these hidden ways. I mean, I um, switched over to the Apple. I got an Apple Watch. I never thought I'd be this person. And I got new furniture this past weekend. And Ooh. it triggered me when it says, do you want to start logging a workout? It seems like you're working out. <gasps> oh, wow. I was organizing my drawers. I was literally just up, down, climbing over my bed, hanging pictures. So, you know, it could be something like you're, you're doing a home project. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean... 
I, you know, when I decide to deep clean my entire house and I'm vacuuming upstairs and downstairs, I don't even Mm -hmm. go for my hour walk that day, which I know this sounds kind of lame, but because I'm so busy just moving and, you know, Mm -hmm. I think one time I logged my steps and I did two miles just by cleaning my house. Like it was insane. So it's something like that where it's almost a mindset thing. Okay. Maybe a walk, you're going to feel like you're working out. So just do something in the house, you know? that one of those chores that you never can seem to get off your list. You got it. So I love that you brought up like the hidden activities that you can do, but then also I just have to go back really quick because you brought up a great point. Um, so just little background for me, my mom is a nurse. And so I always grew up being really educated on, okay, so if you have a salad, I love that, but watch out for the hidden calories in, your dressing because you mm-hmm. can counteract all of the healthy choices that you're making. So apart from, you know, like your marinara's, um, the salad dressings, do you ever see anything else that if somebody is trying to, I don't know, I, you know, make healthier choices or watch what they're putting in their body. Are there any other hidden areas that you are aware of? Almost, I hate to say almost too many. Oh, really? Okay. Just because processed food is so prevalent and a big thing that exists is food deserts, depending on where you live in the country. And it can be anywhere. It can be, I live in New England and we have plenty of them here. You know, I don't mean someone who lives in a remote part. It can truly be anywhere. Your choices are very limited or your budget could be very limited. And Mm -hmm. sadly, processed foods is the cheapest one to buy. And that's okay. Because if that's your, if that's your hand that you're being dealt, you know, you have to make it work for you and your family. So it's looking at every label. Are there added sugars? Are there, um, trans fats? What are, what are the exact ingredients? So I almost have this philosophy. Sometimes I talk about with the easy three, when you're looking, when you're shopping for food, number one, can be shopping organic, which can be pricey. Depending on where you shop, it can be pricey. It can be pricey, but there are 12 foods that I would suggest buy organic because the pesticides in them, when they're not organic, can be um, detrimental just to gut health and inflammation in your body. But so that would be number one. If you can afford it, look for organic food. If you can't, that's okay. Just get your vegetables. And I Kelly, don't. did you say that there are 12? Um, yes. Okay. What would, what are some of the 12 to kind of, so spinach, romaine, um, strawberries, apples. It's very much, do you actually eat it or do you um, peel the skin off? So avocados, you don't need organic. I mean, if you want to buy organic, go for it. Um, oranges, you don't need organic because you actually take the skin off. Yeah. So if it's something that you are just, you know, um, eating without doing anything too, but always wash your veggies. I have to say that always wash your vegetables. Yes. <laughs> wash so even, even with bananas, I mean, because you're peeling that off, do you think that's one where it could, it's optional be organic or not be organic? Totally optional, totally optional. And for anyone listening, it's an easy, it's a totally easy Google, Google the dirty dozen. And okay. It's, so Google the dirty dozen and it's a dozen foods that 
you should, and I'm doing air quotes everyone right now, when you should buy organic just because they, um, after testing are known to have more pesticides. But I always say to clients, I much more care about you actually eating fruits and vegetables than you buying anything organic. So if that is not in your budget, you know, do not make that a focus. There's two other things you can focus on. You can focus on, first of all, when you're reading the ingredients, do you know what they are? Mm-hmm. Are you looking at a word thinking this has 10 syllables? What, what, you know, yep. What is that? So can you understand the ingredients? If you, and if there's something, even maybe you're like, I don't really know that word. If you Googled it, could you understand it in a minute or two? Um, and then the third one is when you're shopping, is it something that when you're buying, do you even feel good about buying? You know, are you already stressed out taking it off the shelf? Are you already feeling guilty or feeling like you're going to regret eating it when you're taking it off the shelf? Because you never want that. And, you know, instead you want to like buy that box of cookies that you love because you love it. And you're going to grab one maybe every other night, you know, instead of looking at it and thinking, oh, I'm going to regret eating this the second I put it in the cart. But the biggest one would be read the lab- read the labels. Processed food is almost unavoidable in 2020 and in most places. So always read them. There are amazing options. There are budget options. Um, if you live near a, an Aldi supermarket, they have amazing options and very good deals. So they make it affordable for almost everyone. Well, that's great to know because in, in our local area that I'm living in right now, there is an Audi every, on every corner, it feels like. Cool. Yeah, but I love what you said. And I just have to reinforce, like when people are at the grocery store, take the time. You're not a weirdo. Don't be embarrassed for stopping nope. and reading what's on the back. This is whatever your body is precious and it has such like a delicate balance of hormones. And you mentioned gut health. So the flora that's in our um, stomachs and, or wherever it is, you know? And so I just have to encourage people take time. Your health is so important. What you're fueling your body with Kelly, you have definitely just solidified this. There was one other piece that I just wanted to touch on really quickly. And once again, I always feel like I have to give like a little backstory. So I have always been fascinated truly by genealogy, heritage, Mm -hmm. where we hail from. I know my family is almost, I'm almost completely Finnish. So my people are from Finland, the Nordic culture. So a while back, I had done extensive research on what are Finns personalities like, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was interesting because I fit a lot of those traits. But then it's so fascinating talking to you because you have done your own research on heritage eating. And so yeah. like the food, so tell us a little bit more and where in your Irish, right? I am. So I am, I did ancestry.com and it came back hundred percent Irish. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but then yeah. I got another notification saying that, okay, we might also think there's some Scottish in there. I'm like, okay, well nothing too life-changing there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, for someone like me and I'll do a little bit of the finish and then a couple. So this is something I learned in school and I just thought, oh my God, this is so interesting. And it, it might make you realize why you crave so many foods or why you think you do better with certain foods. I said to my friends in college once, which is probably ridiculous because I was in college and I probably eat whatever I wanted whenever I think about it. I go, I think my body just thrives off carbs. Uh Like I feel better when I eat more carbs. I 
almost felt like I looked better. And I mean like physically in the face, like not just like weight. Mm -hmm. And I am Irish and (laughs) I eat a lot of potato. I really do. And there's also nothing wrong with potato. It gets so demonized, but it has some great vitamins in it and it is not refined. It's a not refined carb. So it's a great one there. Um, so I eat a lot of potato, a lot of root vegetables, things like that. And they actually make me feel better because that is the food that's native to Ireland or Scotland or England. And someone who's Finnish, something that you would do really well with is cold water fish, mm-hmm. and also root vegetables and more like game meats and things like that. So that, you know, and that's kind of more of a rare one or like a fringe one, but it just, when you eat them, you might realize, oh, I just, I feel better. I have more energy. Or maybe you crave foods like that. Um, you crave root vegetables. You crave sweet potatoes, onions, things like that, leafy greens. Um, but if you're from like maybe a warmer climate. So I worked with a woman and she actually did her genealogy and her background was um, mostly West African. And that mm. was a lot of like a lot of spices. And I had so much fun with that food because it's so good. And it was a lot of spices and warm food. So you're thinking like stews and these amazing rice dishes. And she really was like, that is what I crave. And it's because that's your heritage. You know, that is what your ancestors at one point were eating and what, what, um, was readily available to them in their area. So that could be, and you know, also the people who have Mediterranean background, you know, go you because you have that, all that amazing fresh tomatoes and things like that. But it, it's crazy. If you were to look at your heritage and then think about the foods you crave, and then, you know, maybe did a quick Google search or talk to somebody like me and realized, oh, that's why I feel so good when I eat that. Because at one point my ancestors, no matter if it was 400, five years ago, 500 years ago, it's still kind of, it's what your body's made up out of. So yeah, it's interesting. It's so unbelievably fascinating. And to me, it just speaks to being so self-aware to who you are. I mean, I know even when I did my research on Finns, uh, Finnish people and their personalities, I mean, my whole family, we are such private people. We're mm-hmm. pretty stoic. You know, we hold our cards close. We're hard workers. And, you know, it just, it's validating to kind of find your your niche in the world, so to speak. You find your people. It makes you feel more at peace with yourself. It really does. And even before today, I knew that we were going to talk about this. So I did some research on what do Finnish people eat? And lo and behold, Kelly, it's like, I have to have salmon minimum once a week. Like I love, you got it. You got it. And it's what makes me feel the most healthy and balanced with maybe a side Uh, of potatoes and, you know, so it's just, yeah, I love it. So Kelly, yes, yes. Now, when it comes to, um, I almost hate to even start wrapping up because I have just so loved talking with you today. Me too. Me too. So much fun. So now when it comes to somebody potentially wanting to either connect with you or connect with Mm -hmm. a health coach in general, what are the benefits of reaching out for someone to support you in wherever you are in your journey? Absolutely. So number one, I would say, so if no matter where you live, you can always Google health coaches in your app. I, you know, I have a website, so, uh, 
so I have a website. Whoops. Okay, guys, we're back. We just had quick technical difficulties, life of podcasting. But Kelly, you were just saying in terms of finding a health coach near you and what to look for the benefits. Of course. So if you're looking for a health, co- a health coach near you, um, first of all, just Google health coach in your area. Um, I'm in Boston. So if you Google Boston health coach, I and a handful of others would definitely come up, but you can do that wherever you are or search. If you have an Instagram search hashtags on Instagram for a health coach. Um, if you're somewhere where maybe there isn't one, so that would just be like the basic of just finding one and then look for someone that's that you think actually appeals to you. Do you like the content they're putting out? Do you feel warm when you're even reading things with them? And then most coaches, and I do this, you do a complimentary intro session. And that is where you can really get a feel for somebody. It's like finding a therapist or finding a doctor. You know, you should always shop around because this person is working with your health. So shop around, do those free sessions. And in that session, you know, for me, we do, we go over your health history, I'll ask you a handful of questions. And then at the end, it's, you know, it's up to you. Are you, do you want to work with me? Do we vibe? You know, I'm not going to say, I won't, I won't make you say those things to my face because I totally understand it can be awkward if you don't, but you can really get a sense after that first session. So do those free sessions. They're not a waste of anybody's time. I do them all the time with people. And, you know, most of the time they do become a client, but it is about finding the right fit and finding the right fit for you. So if you're somebody who is very, um, very holistic in general, you do want to find somebody who has holistic principles. If you're somebody who does not believe in that at all, then you do want to work with someone who's more only on the Western medicine track. And it can be all of that in between. So definitely do your research, do your shopping, and it's an investment in yourself, you know, and feel free to, a lot of people work on a sliding scale. I work on a sliding scale. So depending on your uh, income, you know, do what works best for you. I love it. Great words of wisdom and way to empower people to find a great fit for them. Because just like you said, even with finding a therapist has to be a good fit. It's all about the relationship. So Kelly, I know I absolutely adore the information that you put out to the world just through social media, but where is the best place for people to connect with you if they want to follow up? Yeah. So definitely I'm most active on my Instagram. Absolutely. You'll always see me on stories doing something or another and not always having to do with health coaching, but I'm at Kelly Elizabeth King on Instagram. I also have a Facebook, but it's pretty much every uh, Facebook page. It's pretty much everything that's on Instagram. Um, just for those, you know, I basically made it for some family members that didn't have Instagram. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and then I am at my website, which is www.kellyelizabethking.com. And there you'll find about me, my background, some client testimonials, and then my different offerings. And I'm always sharing, you know, sharing new offerings on Instagram. I also do have a group program coming up. So if you're not someone who's interested in one-on-one coaching, sometimes that can be overwhelming for people, almost too personal or too much to think about. Definitely look into a group program, whether it's with me or someone else. It's an accountability thing. It's daily tips and it's more, uh, I don't want to say like laid back and casual because you are getting the same information because um, it well, in mine specifically, we'll do three individual sessions during it, but it can be a little bit more fun and a way to meet people. So 
that's where you can find me and feel free. If you have any questions, you can slide into my DMS. You can email me, which all that information is on my website, but it is Kelly at Kelly Elizabeth King.com. But yeah, I'm basically everywhere. Just if you Google me, I hope you can find me. No better. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love the idea, like you said, of a group coaching program, because especially just in the time that we're living now, where we're a lot of work from home lifers mm-hmm. and not being able to see people as much, having that group kind of atmosphere is amazing. So Kelly, thank you so much for giving us your time today. I feel like I picked up so much valuable information. So truly, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. I was so happy to do this and thanks everybody. You got it. Okay. Well, you know, I'll be in touch with you. Thank you again. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in to the three L's today. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe or consider giving a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that more people can find the three L's and tune in as well. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine Counseling for daily motivation and to request certain topics you want to hear more about. Here's hoping that you live, learn, and love to the fullest.